1: Bladder cancer remains one of the most underfunded cancers in Canada, but at least there is now heightened awareness of this disease. Just to give you a little bit of a backdrop on my connection to bladder cancer, my mom Sandy was diagnosed with it back in 2009, and eventually she died of the disease in 2012. I can say confidently that mom would not have died. She would have been here today if she'd been diagnosed earlier. Her family doctor can Continued to prescribe her antibiotics for bladder infections or urinary tract infections rather then sending her to a urologist where she could have been referred to a uro-oncologist much sooner. While all this was happening, while she was getting repeated antibiotics for something she did not have, uh, the cancer spread to her lungs. And once it spreads or metastasizes, the disease cannot be cured. It can be slowed down, but it cannot be cured. Since 2015... Uh, I've been an advocate for Bladder Cancer Canada and the amazing work they do primarily by volunteers. And among those very talented and dedicated volunteers is Ferg Devins, who's also a bladder cancer survivor. Ferg, great to have you on the show today. Can we get Ferg up?
2: Wishing you the very best on this uh, May-long weekend, Monday.
1: Thank you, Ferg. Thank you. It's great to have you uh, here once in a while to talk to us. You've even dropped in the studio on occasion when you're in Toronto. Uh, so it's great to have your expertise here. Uh, as well as the internationally renowned Euro oncologist Dr. Alex Zlada, at Mount Sinai Hospital. Dr. Zlada, hello. Uh,
3: nice being with you. Uh,
1: great to have nice. you great to have you. Um let's let's start out with some good news. And uh, by the way, we have Ferg and Dr. Zlata until the top of the hour. So please, I encourage you if you have bladder cancer uh, or someone you love has bladder cancer, if you're a survivor, join us with your story or your questions. 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Ferg, you're still cancer-free, right?
2: I am. I was in for my last uh, cystoscopy in November, uh, and uh, the good news was that I was still all clear. So, all clear, see you in a year. My uh, my favorite phrase from my urologist, <laughs> I must say. No,
1: that so, yeah, is great news. In
2: 20, 2014, I had uh, I had non-muscle invasive bladder cancer. So, I had two tumors that were on the inside uh, lining of, of the bladder, and I had those removed through... Uh, a T.U.R.B.T., which is a resection uh, process. It was done uh, under general anaesthetic. They go in with, uh, well, uh, doctors lotta can tell you how they do it. All I knew was I woke up and uh, I was in uh, in great shape. So you know, got through the surgery and uh, had, a, had a recovery, very easy and quick recovery. And then I was on uh, eighteen uh, uh, treatments of BCG uh, over almost, I guess, almost the course of two years, um, which is. Uh, uh, a solution or a wash like that, that they, that they go in uh, up the urethra and, uh, you, you put that in, you hold it for two hours and then, uh, and then you, as the nurse would tell me, drink like fish and then pee it out. <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> so I'm, uh, yeah, I'm feeling great. I'm, uh, you know, Five years, so uh, yeah, congratulations. Always a milestone, whether it's uh, whether it's real or not. I know that five year um, uh, milestone is always great with respect to uh, to any cancer. So it's been great. We've got a wonderful, wonderful team in our medical uh, and research advisory group. Uh, One of those is uh, Dr. Alex Zlata. Uh, and they've they've got some wonderful research that's taking place. Uh, in fact, Dr. Zlada may talk about that metastatic uh, issue, Jane, because yes. um, we do have a couple of volunteers uh, on our team who are now cancer-free, and they ac- actually had metastatic bladder cancer. So,
1: oh, well, Dr. Zlada, tell us yeah. about that advancement. That is really exciting news.
3: Well, I mean, uh, a couple of years ago, um, a new class of... Uh, medication has emerged um, in bladder cancer, but also in other type of cancers like uh, lung or melanoma. And it's actually, the principle is that these drugs redirect our own immune system to recognize the tumor cells and unleash, so to speak, our immune system to kill them. So by definition, the reason why some patients develop tumors is because the immune system is unable to recognize something which is not a self, and then these tumors grow. If there was a way to, to tell our immune systems, our white blood cells, who, which normally uh, try to get rid of bacteria or viruses, To also recognize these tumor cells, we basically could then get rid of any cancer. And these classes of medications called immune checkpoint inhibitors, which basically uh, prevent the tumors to trick our own immune system to recognize them. And once you block the tricking system, then our white blood cells can recognize the tumors and, and, and kill them. And that has, as you can imagine, led to major, major advances. It was first studied um, in patients who had failed chemotherapy and were a subset. Everyone would have hoped that all patients who had failed chemotherapy would be rescued by this new class of, uh, of medication. Unfortunately, that's not the reality But the good news is that about 25% to 30% uh, do respond. And the really good news, and that has been spectacular, is that some patients who are or have been affected by metastatic bladder cancer, where the tumor just seeded outside of the bladder, are now cured with this new type of medication. So we can imagine that that has opened up a lot of new avenues and exciting uh, studies. The, the, the major problem that we do face currently is that not everyone responds, unfortunately. And predicting who will respond is the subject of a lot of of studies currently. Interesting.
1: Well, you know, I I mentioned, and I should have mentioned it in the past, at that time when my mom was diagnosed with a metastatic bladder cancer, there was no cure. The fact that here we are, not even 10 years later, and some people have been cured. I mean, I feel a pit in my stomach because it makes me sick that my mother missed that opportunity, but it also gives me great hope for the future for the rest of us.
3: For sure. I mean, it's never a good time or a great time to be diagnosed with a disease, for sure. But uh, I have to admit that having been in, in, in the profession for at least three decades now, the last 10 years have seen absolutely spectacular and game-changer um, medications. So it certainly open, opens up a lot of hope uh, for yeah. patients.
1: If you're just joining us, it's Jane Brown for Libby's Nimer. She's back tomorrow. Zoomer Radio, Fight Back on the line with us, Berg Devins, bladder cancer survivor, also on the board for Bladder Cancer Canada, and world-renowned uro-oncologist, Dr. Alex uh, Zlada. Dr. Alex Zlata actually treated my mom um, the better part of 10 years ago, when, as you say, tech- the uh, advancements are not nearly what they are, now now. Uh, Ferg, what I find amazing about Dr. Zalata's story is that Bladder Cancer Canada has also been around for 10 years, and a lot of amazing good things have come from this organization, this little organization that grew.
2: Yes, we were we were very, very fortunate in that uh, two of our, well, our co-founders who are, are still with us today, alive and well, uh, survivors of bladder cancer, uh, David Gutman had his bladder removed, he had a radical cystectomy, that's where they removed the bladder, and Jack Moon, who had non-muscle invasive uh, bladder cancer, uh, were celebrating 10 years this year. May 11th was the day they got together. Um, You know, it's an interesting story too, Jane, because uh, David had called, uh, I think it was the Canadian Cancer Society back when he was diagnosed, and three days later, a a woman with kidney cancer called him back. So, you know, immediately he thought, oh my gosh, no men must survive this disease. So he and Jack uh, really took it upon themselves, first of all, to create a, a body, an association that could support patients because there was not any patient support directly for bladder cancer patients. So we have evolved with our mission. Uh, primarily our our goal is to support our patient community. There are 80,000 bladder cancer patients across Canada, about 9,000 newly diagnosed each year. So we are here to support them, to support their families, their caregivers. That's our primary mandate. Secondly is to raise awareness. And as you mentioned at the start of the show, uh, bladder cancer month of May is awareness month.
1: Yes, and
2: uh, and we we've kicked off a hashtag sour face selfie campaign where we're we're asking people to you know bladder cancer sucks so we're asking people to suck a lemon. <laughs> I love take it. A, take a picture and show us their <laughs> sour face selfie, and we use lemons in our campaign. Uh, we've got a bunch of yellow lemons because yellow should be the color that your urine is. It shouldn't be red. So we have. Now a a lemon that's being squeezed with a drop of red blood coming out of that lemon. And it's quite quite striking creative. It is. To remind remind people, if they see blood in their urine, even once you get to your doctor.
1: That is the main symptom of bladder cancer.
2: Absolutely.
1: Blood in the urine. Do not let your doctor put you on an antibiotic. Or if you do, make sure you're referred to a urologist. Insist that you see a urologist at least so you can get bladder cancer ruled out. So that first sign of blood in the urine, get to your doctor and get a referral to see a urologist. Uh, We do have some folks on the line here who want to share their stories as well. Bladder cancer survivors, bladder cancer patients. We encourage you to call, especially if you're undergoing treatment. Dr. Zlata is one of the most world-renowned Euro uh, oncologists and he is on the line with us. So here's an opportunity to see if you are going down the right path with your treatment. 416-360-0740. Toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Uh, let's go to first, uh, Gordon in Brampton. Gordon, welcome to Fight Back. Hello. Hi, go ahead. Tell us your story.
2: Yeah, I was uh, diagnosed about uh, three months ago, and I started uh, having treatments. They did the skull, and they found a, a T1 tumor in my bladder in the first lining. Uh, and they had six chemical washes in the last six weeks, and now I'm going for a CT scan and so on. Okay. But uh, it, it was good that I caught it in time. Yes. Yeah. Now, what, what... Now I'm getting a lot better.
1: Oh, that's wonderful. And and uh, how is your prognosis?
2: Uh, he said it was very good, but he still has one problem with me, but uh, he's working on that. I have a blockage in my uh, urethra in my kidney, my left kidney. So
3: he has to look into that.
1: Dr. Zalata, can I get you to comment on, on Gordon's story?
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, and again, uh, things have to be uh, taken cautiously because it's always, as you know, very difficult to comment without getting all the details. But the T1 is, as Gordon said, a, what's called non-mass invasive. So, thyroid tumors are divided basically into tumors which are limited to the lining or the sub-lining, TA or T1, or tumors which may become more aggressive and invaded muscle beyond, that's T2 or T3. Mm-hmm. T1 is usually um, an in-between. Some people are wondering whether it's not a tumor on its journey uh, towards getting more aggressive. And therefore, um, it has to be taken seriously, resected. Usually there's a re-resection, and then BCG. Boosting the immune system is, as Gordon said, the six intravesical treatments. Now, the only thing is that usually whenever there is some blockage of the kidney, if it's due to the tumor, certainly it's very, very uh, reasonable to do a CAT scan to understand and ensure that the tumor didn't go beyond uh, the T1, uh, because this could be a game changer in terms of management. So certainly something to be to be looked at. Uh,
1: Gordon, yeah, he's, he's uh, Gordon, do you have a yeah.
3: scope? Yeah, I'm going for another scope in in a couple of weeks, so... He's going to look into that for me, for sure.
1: All right, Gordon. Thank you very uh, and much.
2: Also, uh, Jane, uh, should mention for Gordon as well, yes. Gordon, uh, if you go to uh, bladdercancercanada.org online, we have very, very rich resources there. Uh, there's manuals on there, patient manuals that you can uh, download uh, or, or we can mail them to you. Uh, but there's a, there's a lot of resources at www.bladdercancercanada.org. As well as our Facebook page, our Twitter page, and Instagram, of course, more more photos, but uh, lots of resources for you, as well as a discussion forum. We have a a patient to patient discussion forum uh, to, to be there to support you along your journey.
1: Oh, one thing I want to address. Thank you, Gordon, for calling in, and we'll get back to the phones here in just a moment. Uh, before we take a quick break, uh, I want to ask uh, Ferg uh, or the doctor, Doctor Zlata, about Avoiding getting bladder cancer in the first place, what can we do to make sure we are protecting ourselves against this disease before we might see blood in our urine?
2: Well, uh, as is the type of many cancers, uh, the leading risk factor is smoking. So those who smoke may be up to four times more likely to get bladder cancer. Um, people who work with certain chemicals may also be at risk. Leather workers, hairdressers, mechanics, painters, among other occupations. So, and and, and in fact, exposure to radiation has also been linked to bladder cancer. So, um, you know, generally speaking, those 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 are the risk factors. Uh, Doctor Zlata may have more to add there.
3: No, I have a clinic uh, tomorrow. uh, Why don't you replace me? You do so well.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You guys are
1: a good tag team. I want to get to the calls. Uh, Looks like bladder cancer has touched a lot of you. We'll go to Jan first. Jan is calling from the Niagara region. Jan, go ahead.
4: Hi. um, My husband suffered from bladder cancer for about five and a half years and has had the tumors taken out probably every six months or three months. And um, then they discovered it in his kidney and thought it was leaking into the bladder, so they took the vat out. And now because it's been so long and so frequent, there's something and I'm sure you've, your guests know about. It. It's called BCG, a Bacillus calmette treatment, which was developed for tuberculosis. And they insert a very small amount of this into the bladder. First dose was once a week for six weeks, and he comes home and rolls around on the bed. I call him Flipper to, to get it running in his system. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. He has to go on four sides over an hour. Anyway, that's that's it. So. And he how's, he how's he doing?
1: How's he doing?
4: He went six, and she just checked uh, two months ago, and he's clear, which is the first time. And he just went through. Actually, he's in the middle of uh, a batch of three this time, and then she'll go back and check again. And maybe one, just for insurance, one other six-week treatment later on in the year. But we've celebrated cancer-free now for a few months.
1: Congratulations. That's wonderful. Do you have a question for Dr. Zlata? No,
4: I just didn't know if people knew about this or not. Because uh, we hadn't until our our urologist uh, talked about it and she performs it.
1: Jan, thank you so much for calling in. I'll get Dr. Zlata to... Yeah, I'd
3: love to hear what they think.
1: Great. Go ahead, doctor.
3: Well, I mean... uh... BCG, actually, as you know, is mainly used since the early 20th century, 1921, actually, uh, as a vaccine against tuberculosis and has been delivered to literally billions of people on Earth. Now, later... um, physicians realize that it actually also can boost the immune system. And as I was trying to, to say previously, an important part of the immune system is uh, the ability of our immune system to tell between normal cells in our body and those that it, uh, it recognizes as foreign. And that lets the immune system attack the foreign cells while you leave the normal cells alone. And BCG, this uh, bacillus instilled in the bladder, was found in the 70s, and it's actually in Canada, Al Morales in Kingston, who, who the first time uh, treated patients and rec- re- realizes that it enables our immune system to tell the difference between normal and to boost our immune system to attack the cancer cells while, while sparing the normal cells. Mm-hmm. And the reason that we use six weekly installations is as... I would say, as stupid as the fact that he received initially six vials from the company in 76. And that has been the the rationale for using six weekly installations. Ah, okay. Although later it was demonstrated somehow that it made uh, some sense. But you see how sometimes empiricism, things which have nothing to do with science, can work.
1: Interesting. All right, we're talking about bladder cancer awareness here, and we've got Christina from Richmond Hill on the line. Christina, go ahead. You're up next.
5: Hi. Um, A very important question was asked, and that was, what can we do to prevent bladder cancer? Yes. And the doctor raised a really important point, and that being um, that there are certain risk factors that increase the likelihood of contracting or developing this disease. And one of those things is radiation. Now what the average consumer doesn't seem to know is that one of the sources of radiation in our environment is Wi-Fi. As that is microwave radiation, we as a population within Canada are all at risk, at higher risk than we were prior to the use of Wi-Fi. And that's the point that I just wanted to point out to people for anybody who's wanting to prevent or treating cancer currently. To eliminate microwave radiation from their environment.
1: Okay, Christina, thank you for calling in. Dr. Zlata, can you respond to that? Is there any scientific evidence behind what uh, the caller was saying?
3: I mean, um, when we talk about radiation, what what we know is that um, when patients have been treated by radiation therapy. Say, for instance, a lady who had a cervical cancer treated with radiation. That actually gives high doses of radiation on the tumor cells to kill them. Yes. At the same time, the radiation can also induce some changes in the DNA and the genetic makeup of some of those cells. And usually what happens is that it takes at least 10 to 15 years later for these cancers to develop. And so I think the evidence is mainly... In men and women who have received radiation, for instance, someone who received radiation for the prostate, then 15 years down the road can get a bladder cancer. I'm not... Too sure. I, I'm, I'm certainly think that the the hypothesis raised by this lady is certainly interesting. I'm not completely sure that this is really complete evidence, but certainly something to keep in mind.
1: All right, fair enough. Uh, before we wrap up here, Ferg, I want to talk about uh, funding for bladder cancer awareness, for research, for support. Uh, we talked about how Bladder Cancer Canada was developed ten years ago by Jack Moon and David Gutman. Since then, how is Bladder cancer funding going. I know that we'll talk specifically about the walk because that is the main fundraiser for the organization. But has bladder cancer Canada has it gone up the list a little bit for funding? It no, used with, to be.
2: With, yeah, it's still it's still you know with the fourth most prevalent cancer for men, twelfth for women, Make right. it the fifth most prevalent cancer overall. But we're still around 19 out of 24 cancers with respect to funding. So. We do have our annual walk, which accounts for over 75% of our annual funding at Bladder Cancer Canada. That's uh, the uh, third weekend uh, in most uh, cities uh, of September. And that walk page is up and running now at bccwalk.ca. So people are are welcome to join a walk in any of their communities or to walk virtually uh, at bccwalk.ca. There's lots of information there. Uh, we uh, fund annually a $50,000 grant that goes out in Canada for uh, application across uh, the medical community. We actually, in our anniversary year this year, are funding two $50,000 grants. And that may not seem like a lot of money, but for the researchers, it's fabulous because it gets them looking at opportunities for research, which may then leverage them to receive other funding. Uh, for an expanded research program. So we've been very, uh, very happy to uh, to fund a number of research projects in Canada. And so we've got some leading researchers right here in Canada uh, that are working on, on these projects.
1: That is wonderful news. I've, I've already registered uh, myself and my team at bccwalk.ca uh, for the fifth year in a row. We've got a little team uh, called Team Jane Brown in, in memory of Sandy and... Uh, Libby Nimer here, my VP of News, uh, and Moses Nimer have been very supportive of my efforts uh, to help Bladder Cancer Canada and raise awareness uh, of this disease and, and how much treatment needs to be done. So, Ferg, we will both be out there walking on September 22nd once again. Uh, very much look forward to the event. It's a great event uh, with all kinds of volunteers and people touched by this disease, either personally or family members. Uh, it's just a great heart warming day here in Toronto it's at Sunnybrook Park so i can't encourage you enough if if you'd like to take part or you'd like to donate bccwalk.ca it's also important to mention Ferg that your donation when you donate to bladder cancer canada 99% of it goes to research and support and only a fraction goes to administration
2: yeah, we're very fortunate that our, our team, uh, they work from their homes. They work virtually from their homes, so we don't have any overhead costs in an office or, you know, uh, capital costs for maintaining a building. Uh, everyone works from from home virtually, and we get the job done. We've got a terrific team at Bladder Cancer Canada. And uh, as I mentioned, please uh, be sure to check out bladdercancercanada.org if you haven't already out there, your listeners, because there's wonderful support there for you Uh in your journey uh, with bladder cancer.
1: that means so much. Ferg Devins, thank you very much for your time as well, Dr. Alex Lotta. I really appreciate you joining us on Holiday Monday.
2: My pleasure. Thank you, Jane. Have a great
1: day. You too. Have a great day. We will talk again.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one.